She's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And And this this is Far Out, a podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. Kind of begrudgingly accepted the sabbatical idea. I was like, eh. but this would be a good time to get ahead on some things. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And uh, Julie Roxanne's already rolling her eyes. But it's been. <laughs> <laughs> but what started to really shock me was how much I could sleep if I let myself. Mm-hmm. Trying to steal time from yeah. sleep, yeah. and and we're trying to battle our limits and. Maybe not too ironically, sleep's gonna win in the end. (laughs) (laughs) But then it's it's been it's been very scary to to try to bring it up to you, especially when so much no, let me rephrase that. Especially when everything that we do work wise is us too. So much. I think (laughs) 99%. Well, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Far Out Podcast. Welcome. It's great to have you here. Great to have you here. Today, we are reflecting on this season of our life, this season of rest and transformation and reshuffling. Yeah, we're talking about this period, this sabbatical that we're in, uh, what rest is doing for us, some reflections on rest, and basically how hard it is for us to rest. (laughs) But also an ode to melatonin. Yeah, and then the conversation goes into some of the things that this period of rest is allowing us to work on or engage with. Yeah. Yeah, and we, we explore some of the reshuffling happening in our life and how we're handling it as individuals and as a couple. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Welcome, Far Out people. What up? Here we are. We are here, and today is... uh, We're going to start with our life updates, our our short update on what we did last weekend. Julie Roxanne wants to tell you about the food she made and that we ate. Yes. And I don't blame her. It was delicious. Yes. Uh, thank you for recognizing. We, uh, we, this was just Thanksgiving. Yeah. We are recording right after the Thanksgiving weekend. And this and was your first time hosting Thanksgiving. This was my first time hosting Thanksgiving. Oh, it was so awesome. I killed it. <laughs> like, obviously, I killed it. I made scalloped potatoes with raw milk and raw cream that I get from the farm and I hadn't had scalloped potatoes in like seven years. And when I made them and I smelled them after they were done and I had the taste, I remembered that scalloped potatoes are one of the reasons that I decided to become a chef. I'd forgotten that lives deep in my bones. I can understand that because the scalloped potatoes definitely stole the show. Oh, my God. They were insane. We also had a a roast duck. Yeah. And uh, bacon uh, stuffing. And, that uh, I inherited the recipe from your mother. That we had like an a apple big pie, yeah. cinnamon rolls. I don't think I had cinnamon rolls in like probably eight years. I had never had cinnamon rolls ever. Oh, and that was like impressive. 
yeah. to have. Roasted Brussels sprouts. We had a great cheese platter. <laughs> That's the most important part. We need to pause here for a second. I have been eating cheese like my life is depending on it. And I am fine. Everyone, broadcast this to anyone who's ever cared about Julie Roxanne. I can have cheese again. It's pretty exciting. I can have butter and milk and cream and cheese again. My next, uh, my next mountain is sourdough. I, I have, I have sourdough bread in the fridge, and whenever the time calls, I will have it, and we will see how I'm doing. I will keep you posted. If anyone cares, I care enough <laughs> to keep you posted, even if you don't care. So a pretty good, a pretty good Thanksgiving. It was a wonderful Thanksgiving, and we had our friends Ryan and Chad come over, and it was just so nice and relaxing and peaceful and fun. And you, uh, you actually kind of felt the ping to you threw something out. I think you're going to be pulling together at some point. Not to put you under under the spotlight here. Talking about the food thing? Yes. Oh, jeez. Well, let's just mention it because yeah. maybe someone here might be interested. But at some point in the future, you you have um, the inspiration to do kind of like a, a food workshop where everyone it'd be virtual and everyone would come to the workshop with certain ingredients, and you'd spend some time talking about those ingredients from your perspective, which is like professional chef and also like food is medicine and the spiritual aspects of food. Yeah. And then everyone would make the the food together and then you would guide them through like an embodied way of tasting the food and appreciating the different flavors. Sounds pretty awesome. I'm really excited. I knew there would be a lot of interest for it. You you put I've it already in, pulled it put it out in our community. And, and everyone was like, like yes, fuck yes, let's count do me that. In, so, doing so it. this is I wanted to mention this here because if anyone's listening to the podcast and maybe you listen to our recent episode where Julie Roxanne talks about food, maybe you, you thought, hey, that would be cool to experience some more of that. Reach out. Email us. Yeah, email us and info um, at the far out life. Yeah, and just say, hey, I'd be interested in that too. So you can um you can get the uh the deets when that happens. Yes. I will I've promised myself that I would not do it a minute sooner than I'm fully ready to put it together. And it's probably gonna be uh figure out how that works over Zoom. I can easily imagine doing that in person, but I'm I'm wanting to offer it online. And this gives, this brings me, I guess, to a shout out because I've had this idea for months and months, months. And so there's many, many shout outs of different people that like our uh, trusty friend Anne um, has definitely been a part in or in making this happen. Uh, Suzanne and oh, man, Laura. And then Laura, why, yeah. why she? I could see the Suzanne in our, our WhatsApp, but Laura is not. So yeah, Suzanne and Laura also shout outs, and really a big shout out to Urosh, our engineer, our sound engineer, because uh, his comments on my episode about food last week were so elating that I had to just I was like, fuck it, I'm pulling the trigger. If Urosh tells me there's gold here, I will trust that man with yeah. my life. <laughs> so this is uh, this, for those yeah. of you who don't know, Urosh edits this podcast and has done so faithfully and expertly for as long as it's been around pretty, pretty much, much yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah the main man Urosh. uh so yeah these are these are the little updates and i guess i guess the the thanksgiving piece kind of segues into the conversation that we want to have this week I kind of wanted to talk about the season of life that we're in right now i think that we've spent a lot of time 
just talking about the difficulties of the year. Yeah, if you've been listening to this podcast since around summertime, <laughs> I would say, maybe even earlier, yeah. um, you probably heard it peppered in here and there that it's been a tough year, and we don't want to rehash that. Yeah. Um, but we do want to talk about where that's led us. Yeah, it, because I think it's 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 led us to a very interesting place, and uh, God works in mysterious ways always. And, yeah, mainly talking about well, well, starting starting with the piece of like rest, and I think for me, so we've been resting, and we are calling it calling November and December our sabbatical. So yeah. we're about halfway, which, which which for us is mainly dialing down all proactive projects and just like maintaining things that are continuing. One of them being this podcast, yeah, some other things like that. But we're not taking anything on proactive, and we're really spending most of our energy really or focus on just resting yeah and so it's been i think harder what, than you think it, it is harder than you think uh or at least harder than i think and it's not something i'm very good at and i think the what shocked me first was when we started doing this i kind of begrudgingly accepted the sabbatical idea i was like eh, but this would be a good time to get ahead on some things mm-hmm. da, 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 da. yeah and uh Julie roxanne's already rolling her eyes but it's been <laughs> <laughs> but what started to really shock me was how much I could sleep if I let myself. Mm-hmm. We both been sleeping like th- just today. I slept eleven hours last night. That's a pretty. That's a baseline. Ten like to eleven you, hours ten, for 10 11. almost about a month at this point. Yeah, which is like, whoa, my body needs a lot of sleep right now. Yeah, and that's kind of bringing up some questions of like, and also for me, I'm seeing that directly correspond to my body's ability to heal as far as the rash and my back um, that have been like kind of chronic problems this year that I've I've struggled to heal from. And once I started really resting, I noticed significant improvements in that pretty quickly. And basically getting the message like, yeah, this is a a big ingredient to your process that you haven't been getting up to this point. And it made me kind of explore the question of like, wow, Am I sleep deprived and have I not been able to recognize that or like feel that? Like mm. that's kind of kind of stunned me. Like if if you're sleeping for 10 or 11 hours for a month, I mean, I guess there's different ways you can look at it. One could be that like there's a sleep debt and you're catching up on that. The other one could be that like you're going through things that are just constantly requiring a lot of energy and um, it's not so much about what you didn't I don't know it it doesn't really matter but the fact that I need that much sleep and I didn't really realize it has got me wondering yeah yeah I mean it is it is it's interesting (laughs) it's just interesting to like listen to you talk and realize like how how challenging rest is for us and a part of me is like what the fuck is wrong with us like i was just thinking this morning when i was like dude let's record about rest and you were like oh, i don't want to talk about how the year has been difficult like i don't want us to rehash that and my first impulse at first i was like didn't realize that they could be separate and i was like yeah but we have spent so many hours on this podcast talking about work and I can count on one hand the number of episodes that we've done on rest. And a part of me is like, this: there's something deeply wrong here, and we have to start addressing it. Like, the, the, I don't know. I, maybe it's like the... I always thought it was like the the fact that you were American and like you, you guys are just way more driven and entrepreneurial and stuff. But I'm starting to realize that you're, uh, you're extremely driven, even by American standards. 
Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I also just don't find rest a particularly interesting topic to talk about. There's, it's like, fascinating. Uh, I don't know. It's like, it's... I don't know. Here, let me paint a good picture because in my mind, for me, it is fascinating. I don't know. I, I'm... I think there's I, there's a lot we can talk about on the topic of rest, but I just want to like paint a picture of like us a month ago and us now after just already a month of deep rest. And honestly, we've done more th- we're we're more active than I would want to be. Some people close to us have has scoffed at the idea that what what we're these, doing this is period actually, is actually called a sabbatical yeah. because <laughs> yeah. for example, we were we were trying to figure out when to meet with our friends for Thanksgiving and and we had to like figure out a time in between, you know, trainings meetings. and meetings and programs we're leading. And they're like, and this is a sabbatical. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so it's not a full on sabbatical. Yeah. So we're we're still busier than I ideally would want to be. But I don't I don't I don't mind it. I actually think it's like okay. I I would like to have I would like to shave like twenty percent off of what we're currently doing, and then I'd feel like yeah. Cool. That's yeah. like the the solid amount of meaning and things to do that I don't feel fully depressed. A good a good rule for us right now seems to be like one big thing a day. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then days where there are no big things as well. True. That's kind. That's a good way to put it. That yeah. that's that's kind of how it is. But I feel like we entered. I I can only speak for myself, but I also can reflect what I was witnessing in you. But I entered this sabbatical so depleted and so so exhausted that my ability to make sense of reality through like a mental health perspective was like shot i felt like i was kind of going crazy and also such a profound sense of meaninglessness and just like a depression like 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 i haven't had in a really long time and not just a depression in like the short term but just like the sense that nothing will ever, ever have meaning ever again. And like nothing will have meaning ever again, which is like felt like such a drastic in, in drastic opposition to both the more recent periods of my life where it's been just saturated with meaning and also kind of scary because I feel like my job is to infuse meaning in other people's experience not infuse meaning but just like remind tie it all into like a bigger cosmic plan. uncover the meaning yeah. meaning or or help them maybe come to their own meaning yeah yeah and so it's been like so if you're feeling if you're feeling like life is meaningless it it's a problem it affects everything it's, <laughs> yeah. it's uncomfortable but it also affects everything that and i've al- built my life to be and also i think it's worth saying that on this path you know, if you, if you find yourself in the healing profession or the meaning-making profession, however you want to call it, if you find yourself, if that's a big element of your your work, also, there are just going to be times where, like, you're not gonna you're not gonna be there, like, personally, yeah. and you might still you're gonna still have to hold the space while you're going through your own dark night of the soul and or or doubts or, or things like that. I think it's also part of the job. Yes. And also I think that I had experienced versions of what you're describing, like throughout the last few years, that's definitely been peppered in, but this was different. This felt like I was broken. It felt like I was washed up on the shore. Like I remember, and that was like, that was the turning point for me. I just remember one morning listening to podcasts and then kind of ending up ending up in a rabbit hole of just doing real like the word burnout came to mind and then I just like researched online just like 
things about burnout because I was realizing like, oh yeah, this is, I f- I'm, I'm burnt out. That's what it is. And then also realizing this is the third time in my life that I'm burnt out and I'm only 30. There's like, what is up? And it seems like a, a common pattern for people attracted to these kind of professions. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's probably true. But I think that like reading on that and then reading on, you know, like a burnout that's not addressed can turn into a mental breakdown. And then like looking up what mental breakdown looked like. And I was like, oh, my God, I have all of these symptoms like and and I don't put a lot of stock into this. And I don't think it's very uh, you I, I beyond the making me realize that there was legitimacy in me telling saying we need I need to stop hardcore stop. It was also, I, I don't put a lot of stock into like, oh, then I have to go see a psychiatrist and whatever. Like, I, I actually think that the, the body's resilient. And I think it's just a a, 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 a a symptom or a message that the body's trying to give. But like, some of the symptoms were just particularly hard to read because some of them were like, some of the experiences that I've been having in terms of everyday consciousness, but then also things like isolation, not wanting to engage with close friends or members of your family and it's like that's been my experience this these last few months is just like I cannot I cannot I don't know how to relate with people in general and And I think I think a lot of our philosophy also I mean we're big proponents of listening to the body right yeah and so your body's saying something here and we also have to listen to our own bodies right like we can't just say listen to your body and this seems to be a time where where that was prevalent. Yeah, yeah. And so I, f- I feel like this is where I was. And from the outside, I mean, you had been struggling and putting in a ton of work to heal a rash and definitely doing way better on the overall health. But the rash was still present to the exact, like in, in, in similar ways than it had for the last year. And... And you were making the joke of like, man, the ways that I have to take care of myself is like a part-time job, like, like you know, or ordering supplements and doing all the rehabbing for your back and everything. And I think we, I kind of raised the alarm and then you were like, all right, I think you're, you're onto it. Let's, let's do it. Well, one of the reasons why is because everything you were describing, um, I have experienced. So I think, I think it would have been easy had I not had had that experience and know where it led me. I'm thinking back to uh, when I was 26 or 27. So what? That's like eight years ago. So 2014. Mm. Um, I had a very strong, like visceral experience of burnout. Versions of burnout. The thing I find very challenging is like, and I think probably a lot of us can relate to this, is that it's very easy for my mind to override my body. Mm-hmm. The body's messages are more subtle, and to some degree, they can be ignored. But not forever. Yeah. And as and if they keep getting louder and we keep not paying attention to them, we're setting ourselves up for a crisis. We're setting ourselves up for the body to really have to mm-hmm. shut down because it's saying, "Hey, this can't go on. This is not sustainable. Something's out of whack. Something's out of whack." And at, in the beginning, it, it may be very hard to catch those. And it's almost like you know the proverbial frog in boiling water, or water that's heating up. Right? We don't really realize that we we're pretty adaptable beings. So we just kind of adjust, mm-hmm. adjust, adjust, and we don't have that contrast of like, oh, this is where I am. This is where I was six months ago, and this is where I am now. It's like, no, it happens every day. And 
So I find it's even now as we've been resting and I'm starting to feel better. Like I've had it's there's been a really strong response to resting this much. And even now, as like some of that energy comes back, there's that like the mind comes on. It's like, okay, feeling better. Let's 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 do this or whatever. And the body's the body's messages are a little more subtle because things are improving. And I still find that challenge of okay, this is what the body's saying, but the mind wants something else. It's so easy for the mind to just override and just kind of get lost and 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 kind of fabricate a reality mm-hmm. and get lost in that. The body is is the place of limits, right? Like yeah. it and I, I think this is a piece of it is like part of me wants to be limitless. Part of me does not want limits. And this is a part I've been coming up really st- strongly to this year mm-hmm. is um, the part of me that doesn't, that doesn't well, wants to transcend all limits and the body's coming back and be like, no, you're, you're immortal. And there are most definitely limits. And if you're not going to, if you're not going to get in line with that, you're going to learn it in a much more difficult way. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's been tough to, respect those limits and back in 2014 i i the mind i i remember these periods where like i would get to a stage of burnout i might have a breakdown maybe it's like crying or like you know something's going on and i have an emotional release and then i pick myself up again and my mind convinces me no like just keep pushing a little harder it's going to be around the next corner Maybe you've had that experience and that happens over and over. It's like, all right, we're going to pick ourselves up again. Yeah. And and this is just something to overcome. You know, the obstacle is the way and everything. And and then eventually I had an experience after leading a retreat in 2014 where my heart dropped out of, of everything I was doing and I could no longer find it. And it's like a change of heart. They, that phrase, mm-hmm. really, I understood what that meant. It was like the heart has decided it does. And, and then... The problem at that point was I couldn't care about anything. And I felt like fell into depression and, you know, like it was a heavy dropout. I think because I had that experience and there was, you know, it led to a a complete change in my life. But I had I had that experience. I could hear the warning signs with where you were. And I think that that helped me take where you were at more seriously. Mm. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, because I think that that description of like you have a breakdown and then you can pick yourself up and you're like, the obstacle's away, we're going to keep doing it. I think that that was something that happened this summer when my brother came and visited. I feel like he was just having him around was a a really big mirror for me of how not okay I was. Like I, I was, I was still convincing myself that I just needed to kind of push through and pick myself up and like keep going. And just talking to him, I realized, like, you know what? No, I think this might be the one where I stop. Like, realizing how many times I had, like, overridden my, like, feeling of defeat or, you know, like, being, like, breaking down because it's not going to work and da-da-da. But then being like, no, we're going to find a way through and, yeah, conquer the mountain. And, like, I think I was talking to him and I was like, I know, like, there's in people's stories in, in life, there is a moment where that doesn't work anymore. And there's all there's a moment where you have to realize, like, no, it's not working. I have to do things very differently. But in the meantime, I have to stop what I'm doing. 
that's kind of that was the, one of the moments where I realized like and then and then what you're describing my heart has dropped out of a lot like I found myself not caring about things that I care so, that I used to care so deeply about and it's incredibly distressing I think it's challenging to recognize because sometimes it is the obstacle is the way and this is actually something to lean into right yeah. and then But what you're talking about is something like where it's like, no, we have to recognize we're coming up against limits that are, are best not to push through or yeah. try to push through. I think that that's really tricky to identify sometimes, which yeah. is which. Um, Especially when you've had success in the past with the push through mentality. Yeah. Because if like if you push through and then it works, it's like, oh, then that's the answer for every time I encounter that scenario. Yeah. And yeah. that was my thing. That was my issue. With, Which is like with, a heroic attitude yeah. in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. yeah. And anyways, the reason why I was, I was, I feel like I haven't been very outspoken about how I've been doing on the podcast. I think I've been like, I've, I've said things here and there, but I haven't really like mapped it out maybe in this way. So this felt like important, but I wanted to just say that because what happened after free, fully reaching the breaking point and being like, I cannot go on anymore and I'm I'm done I'm done and like there's always in the in our relationship because we are married but we also work together and like everything there was like a different series of conversation that had to happen between the moment where I was like personally I feel like I'm done and then like telling you that because it's hard to admit and uh all I'm trying to say is that from the moment that we both decided to take this as like our sabbatical our restful time Within like 10 days, my mental health had improved so much just by sleeping and not being on this constant alert for the next opportunity and the next project and the next thing that we have to complete and accomplish and care about. Like trying to, to show any sign of caring about anything when I'm doing the way that I've been doing. And still to this day, it's like it's coming back, but I have to be incredibly uh, careful And I think we're, I want to, we're going to get into that. But so this is kind of my, my long, long uh, sideways to just say, like, I think rest is an incredibly interesting topic because I think people, we live in a culture where it's push through, find the, find the strength within to keep going. And it's like the American narrative. It's the American narrative. And yeah. it's like, and then it's like also, uh, and it's like, uh, hoard tools to be able to change your state when you're feeling this way. And I remember telling you this one day, like I came back from a, from a drive in, from driving my brother to the airport and I broke down so hard. And I just remember telling you, like, I think I just need to sleep. Like, I think I just need to go take a nap right now. And Because, oh, no, you were like, hey, do you want to just, like, go to the river? Because it was still in the summer. Do you, you want to go to the river? Do you want to just, like, go for a walk? And I just remember, like, every fiber of my body was like, I don't need to change my state right now. Like, I don't need to have another tool in my tool belt to, like, overcome this. This is not something I need to overcome. I just need to sleep. And then I slept for three hours. And I've, I woke up feeling way more adjusted to being a human. But I think that the... I'm I'm so guilty of that too. Not guilty, but I I I fall into this trap and I feel like the because I'm pretty far along on my personal journey and whatever that means, I have so many tools at my disposal to change my state. 
And I like, you know, it's like, oh, well, I'm feeling kind of funky. Maybe I'll just do some breath work or if I or I just need to cold plunge or take a shower or do something else. And I think that it's been eye opening for me in this in the last month, how like sometimes the answer is just to sleep and like that's it. Yeah, I mean, you said earlier the word depleted, and I think that's kind of the the, the key word between this knowing what what's called for in this situation. Is this a time where it's like, okay, the the way where I'm trying to do something, just just there's another way, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe this is something just to face. And, but I think if 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 it's like when you're feeling depleted, yeah, the body is depleted, doesn't have the res- resources, like that's a that's a good sign that maybe just pushing pushing forward is 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 not the right way, and I, I resonate with that a lot too. Because as I've gotten into the sabbatical, I think I'm also realizing the state of depletion mm. I was in that I had started to recognize, um, but hadn't completely acted on. Because it, I don't know, in some ways, like I don't want to just sleep. <laughs> it's hard to do that. I, we had uh, we were babysitting. Uh, baby Socrates yesterday, which is, um, he's what, six months old now? Five. Five months old. Baby uh, on on the property from our landlords. And we had him for a few hours last night to allow them to go out on a date. Which was uh, so nice. It was nice. And uh, Sako was getting progressively a little bit more fussy as the night went on. And uh, you gave him to me near the end of the night. And and like, you know, he's getting, he, he was pretty fussy and, and trying to, and then I had him on my like shoulder, and uh, I could watch the struggle between being fussy and just succumbing to sleep, which seemed to be what was really needed. Right? He was just tired, <laughs> yeah, was. and and he was kind of struggling to fall asleep or allow himself to sleep or something like that. That's how I interpreted yeah, it, yeah, at, yeah. at least. And and I was like, oh man, I totally get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's that's I, I feel like I, I could really resonate with with Sako's like struggle of of going to sleep like he just needed to sleep there's yeah. nothing else to do yeah you know and uh, it's interesting that that struggle is is there from the beginning because I I mean I these days like I like to read before bed but sometimes we get to bed and I'm like really tired and I'm already I could I could fall asleep right there and then but a lot of the time, even though I'm like really tired, I'm like, no, I want to read. I, yeah. I like my book. I want to know what happens. And then I just read way later than I should or not. It's a fun feeling. So I'm like fine with it. But also it's like I could have gone to sleep an hour ago. This is where uh, I think the resting is actually hard. Yeah. Get, like it comes into the conversation because I've noticed that quite a lot, too. It's like, OK, well, if, if we need if we need this much sleep. Uh, it's much easier for me to sleep uh, if I go to bed earlier. Yeah. And, like, it's hard to sleep late into the morning. Yes. So, like, I can't just sleep forever. Like, like it's going to work better if I set myself up to go to bed at an early time and then I can sleep to, like, a regular time. What I'm finding is just that there's a fair amount of discipline, even when my mind doesn't want to or want to read that book, of being like, no. The, well, the priority here is sleep. Everything else is kind of secondary to that. But yeah. that's like what's going to be guiding our decisions. Because it feels a little, I mean, isn't, isn't sleep the sister of death? I mean, it, it's a mini death, right? Yeah. Like the like when we're sleeping, we're kind of we're out. We, we can't be like, we can't be pursuing 
you know, I was going to say we can't be pursuing our dreams, which is kind of a funny way to put it. <laughs> we like. Well, you don't pursue your dreams actually, like when you're when you're asleep. I know, I know, but it's, like in day daytime, yeah, perhaps we do. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've never, I never realized that we don't really pursue our dreams in in nighttime; that they just happen to us. They emerge. They emerge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's challenging to even give us the rest when. There's nothing. I mean, I feel like we get in our own ways. Oh, 100%. A lot on this. And and I don't know how many times I've heard say like, yeah, I, I don't know why I have the time, but I just don't allow myself to rest. I keep staying busy. Yeah. Like that's a, uh, that's a, it's a pattern. It's hard to, to relax into rest and just allow that to be. Because yeah. I don't personally find it particularly exciting or, or it's not. That's the point. Yeah, it's not. That is the point. You're right. Man, the, yeah, it's interesting to reflect on that. That it's because it's not interesting. That's like, no, I want, I want everything to be stimulating all the time. I and think like, it's, again, just the mind, like, over... The mind is so strong, yeah. especially for us, that it, it's so easy for us to override maybe the body's needs, especially when the body isn't speaking as loudly. Mm-hmm. Like, And I'm finding now that we're, like, a month into this resting period and as some energy comes back i have to constantly remind myself like don't don't let like let the well recharge don't go in and try to bucket out the water when you've got the well up like one third of the way because yeah. it feels great like yeah like i'm doing i feel a lot better than i did a month ago and things are going well but like things are still i'm still recharging and i think one of the mistakes I could make right now is to act on some of that emerging newfound energy to or inspiration um, too soon. Yeah. Right. Like, and I mean, then that you would... end up it's empty again. Yeah, I think another metaphor for this is like seeing that the frost is that the snow is melted in a corner of your of your garden, and thinking that that means you can plant seeds uh, yeah. for flowers. It's not. You know, it's not yet. Yeah, patience. Patience. This is like the, this is a part of the rest and and doing cycle that I have actually a lot of um, experience with because it's one that I struggle with every time I come out of my bleeding time uh, in my in my cycle. Is like I very rarely give it give it the amount of time that is needed to fully like let the. Uh, let the desire to do things in the world emerge on their own accord. And then I get slapped real hard later. So I I have the experience of getting slapped real hard later in the cycle. At least that's stopping me. Yeah, I think we we lose resiliency if we're not able to. And sometimes maybe we're not. But when we're not able, when we fail to listen to, to what the body needs and like see that through, there's a future resilience that's often lost. Yeah. Yeah. From from that. It's not free. You you said the other day, which I, I liked, was like uh, you were talking about convalescing and how uh, yeah. um, in this country we, we're we not very good at convalescing. Yeah. I don't think that word exists for many people. Yeah. I, I, I've never, I've only ever read it. I don't think I've heard a lot of humans say the word. When my mom, we were raised with that word. That was part of, a, of our vocabulary. So define it then. So I I actually I read recently what the definition is, but basically like convalescing is the period of time after uh, an illness, mm. and so 
It's like when you're in the throes of illness, you're like your body is actively trying to heal. So it's like the illness and healing are like the same time, right? Because part of the reason you're ill is like the symptoms from your body actually trying to heal. Like that's, I think, paradigm shifting for a lot. But that's been my experience, too, over these last three decades of being alive. And the idea of convalescing is like you have to be to convalesce for as long as you were sick. And it's like basically it's like that time where you start to feel better. And most of most people have actually started working two days ago in at least in in most normal Western societies. But that the idea is actually, no, you need to keep having an attitude of resting and recovering for another. Let's say you were sick for a week, like another week after that, even though you feel better. It's like that. That's the moment where you actually replete your system. Right. It's like, otherwise that leads to chronic depletion. Right. And I think this is something that I'm, I'm, I've, I don't know. I feel like this is the story of my life. Like this is like having reorienting my, the work rhythm and the, and the life and the way, the pace at which I live my life is, is I think that's, that's my life's work. And it's challenging enough. Um, I mean, there's inside pressures and there's outside pressures to doing this. And it's not like we're free of the outside pressures. We still have to make a living and we, we have work and, and things out in the world. But I recognize that um, for, for us being self-employed, that that's, can be very different than someone that has a job and a certain amount of sick days and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So even like in a more ideal situation in some ways, we struggle to like give ourselves the time we need to well, rest I, and convalesce. I think I think in some ways we're we're we've we've been in a state of even like of intense depletion because we there's so much you have to be on all the fucking time when you're self-employed. Like that's I at least so far I have not seen a different way of doing it. And I think that this is one of the things I've come up against hard and that I'm still like processing and like questioning for myself, like what is what is the best way forward for me? And I think we can keep talking about the resting, but I also want to bring up like some of the things that have emerged mm -hmm. during this time, because something that <laughs> actually I kind of took me by surprise, I guess I was I think I was so I needed to stop and that was like the only thing that was in my consciousness that I hadn't really taken a minute to look around. And about a month into this sabbatical, it's becoming pretty obvious again that we're it's becoming pretty obvious that we are once again in a period of like everything in our life seems to be reshuffling. I mean, at this point, we've had that happen to us so many times that I'm that I don't I don't think I care. I'm very much sure that I'm I don't know I think it'll work out well I just know what the what is called for right now which is just wait and yeah. let things fall into place and then act but it's requiring a little bit of grappling on our own like we've had we've had to have conversation that I didn't realize we would have to have like about the future about work about the decision the like the direction that we're going to be heading to, towards and our living situation and like everything. This reminds me of a conversation we had uh, much earlier on the podcast about creative waiting. Yeah. That, like that idea. And basically the idea being like, w this is not a time for us to act, but creative waiting is a more engaged process than just, than maybe just waiting, right? Mm -hmm. Like creative waiting is like, you're still, 
you're still having to kind of participate in these conversations and the creative process of what might come next and like work with that. I don't like not completely turn and turn, turn your back on that. So continue to be engaged in the process and also kind of restraining from acting out anything during the process, like trying to put a, a bit of a wall around it and let that be more of an internal process than something that's actually externalized into the world. Mm -hmm. Because right now it feels like if we look in a lot of different directions in our life, our work, our living situation, some of our where some of our studies are taking us, there's a lot of question marks and things kind of up in the air. And there a lot of them really just need time to develop. Like yeah. they we can't make them develop faster yeah. than and, and if we were to try, that would actually probably be their undoing. So we have to kind of just kind of stay with them. Yeah. Um, and and so there's an activity in that, but it's it's very different than I don't know, maybe what some of us are used to. Yeah. And I, I think it does take some discipline and some restraint to do that. Yeah. Let things percolate. Let I feel like I've lost count on how many times it's happened in our life. I'm feeling more comfortable, though, when it happens. Like, yeah. I can notice those situations where it's like, okay, I think right now it's time to kind of keep my head down and, and like, well, not keep my head, pay attention to what's developing, mm -hmm. but also not taking it too seriously or there's not really an action piece like right now it's just like gathering information waiting for things to play out keeping keeping awareness open and also keeping an open mind on like where things might go yeah so in a lot of ways it also feels like the, a, a big bridge to another transformation i feel like between the again i'm going to speak for myself but between some of the the way my heart has changed recently and i don't think any of it i'm 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 open i'm open to whatever it means i'm open to how things will feel i'm open to how things will continue to feel i'm not drawing any full-on conclusion at this point in time but it's also yeah it's like add to that the fact that like a lot of the external factors are shifting and changing and we're like l waiting for things to settle back in so we can make a decision it feels like a really important time of transformation and i think like a lot of the time happens when we sleep like i don't know like i've i've really been reflecting on you know melatonin is I think for a lot of us, it's like, oh, that's the thing you get in a pill that helps you sleep. But like melatonin is something that we produce uh, ourselves, like a healthy body produces melatonin and and we produce it at night. And I think that the the discoveries that are being made on what melatonin does for our body is insane. It's like nervous system regeneration, anti-cancer, like like... Things that you're like, well, duh, yeah, you mean if I sleep and if my body is like in tune with the circadian rhythm of day and night that I'm actually going to be healthier, that makes a lot of sense. But then when you actually think about this hormone, is it a hormone? I guess it, I'm going to call it a hormone. Maybe it's something else. But like if if that substance that my body is producing can do all of that then like sleeping is like the, the a med it's like medicine that I feel I I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe I've been in weird circles where like sleep is not that revered, but 
it should be. At least as I'm as I'm starting to realize the medicine, the medicine that sleep has had for both of us, I'm like, man, does anybody know about this? Like, do you guys know about <laughs> sleep? Like, <laughs> it's great. Have you tried it? Yeah, it's uh, it's just it's not glamorous. <laughs> no, it's not. It's really not. And you can't sell it. Yeah, that's another that's another one. And, and it's kind of a place where you have to stand up for yourself, right? And it's I think. Again, we're not that, most of us are not very, we're not taught or trained or or rewarded to be very in tune with our bodies. No. In fact, the opposite, right? So it's one of those places where if you're going, you can be forced into difficult positions. It's hard to take a stand on it, or it can be, especially if we don't have a huge appreciation for it or mm-hmm. a huge awareness of, of everything it does. And in some ways... Like, I know we all say we'd like to have more sleep, but why don't you go to sleep? Yeah. Right? Like, it's not At that night, appealing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's not that appealing. Why are you watching binge-watching shows because until 1 a.m.? Because it, it shortens know? the day, and we want to... Again, I think for, for me, so often it comes back to this war against limits. Sleep mm-hmm. is a massive limit. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like we, we play out this battle all the time where we're, we're trying to steal trying to steal time from yeah. sleep. Yeah. And and we're trying to battle our limits and maybe not to ironically, sleep's gonna win in the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That makes you that makes me think. I feel like I just I feel like I have to take a moment to absorb that. Something else that's that's coming up for me around this is, you know, I, I think Deciding to take the sabbatical and slowing down, doing like one thing a day, telling people, hey, we can't do that till two weeks from now, or hey, we're not going to do that for a couple months, or hey, we'll get back to you when we're even going to consider doing that. Mm -hmm. A lot of that has been also like, Rob within has slowed down quite a lot. And that was like the, I think setting that time was like, it was almost like the invitation. Like that had to happen. It was like the container for then what could potentially unfold in that. Mm. And a lot of that is sleeping and a lot of that is healing or like unconscious recuperation that we're not like involved in at a, in an active, we don't do it kind of happens. Yeah. And, and, but also there's this, okay, also it's been an appropriate time because there's a lot of things that are uncertain in our lives. But as we get into this period, it's also obvious that there's a lot of internal things that we're working out as well that are also uncertain where we stand on things how we'd like to move forward yeah and and there's an interplay between the quote-unquote opportunities or events outside of us mm-hmm. that may become available like the invitations that that happen uh and and what's going on in our own hearts mm-hmm. and this is kind of a scary place to be because like all of a sudden everything's on the table you know like everything's kind of there, there's not certainty outside and there's not certainty inside. And we just kind of have to go through it and, and like really be the process, right? Mm. We can't look very far ahead because we want, I want, we want, I think, I, I think it's fairly safe to say a lot of us want control, mm-hmm. right? Like a lot of us want control. We're control freaks. And this is ultimately not a realm for control. Um, this is a realm to kind of give up yeah. control for a while. And, Again, kind of maybe recognize and accept um, limits 
and and that comes with a, a lot of uncertainty on on both the internal landscape and the external landscape and i think a lot of our training and practice and previous experience has made this a more comfortable mm. or more comfortable situation it's still not comfortable it's not comfortable but like i do find it's a little easier to be with it there's still a fair amount of resistance it still can be hard to not jump ahead and try to figure things out or cut the cut the uncertainty process process short but it's it's kind of like this thing that um is kind of core to a lot of our training in the shamanic world is like stillness mm-hmm. cultivate stillness and then let the action emerge from within right like become the action mm-hmm. like it's not something you choose to do it's something that like kind of comes through your being and does you it's a very different sensation it's a little hard to talk about i think you're doing a great job though but it, it's it's really something that becomes very clear when it's experienced and um we have opportunities all the time to experience it particularly in psychedelic realms when we're working as space holders or or in ceremonial spaces mm-hmm. we're working as space holders is cultivating that stillness kind of tuning into our central channel being there and then allowing the action to arise of itself and i think this is just a macro version of that where it's like okay the same way we would in ceremony do that how do we take a posture of stillness and how do we allow because because you know when you're taking this posture in ceremony there can be all sorts of chaos going on right like you know anything could be going on and we're still finding the stillness and and we're not reacting to just just reacting um to what's what's going on we're we're letting something else kind of come through and guide us mm. and I feel like that's what we're doing here too. It's just over a much longer period of time and that can make it challenging in its own ways. I think we also wanted to touch on something that has been emerging out of this time of rest and kind of taking stock is like, I don't know exactly how to call it. It feels, I think the best way that I can call it is like in the midst of all this transformation, it's also challenging to continue to be in relationship and like noticing the ways that maybe our visions or our desires are different than they used to be and different from one another or possibly. Yeah. This is one of the things I find so challenging about relationship is like what we're talking about all of this. It's not just happening to us as a couple. It's happening to each of us as an individual as well. Right. So like even agreements that were, Uh, in place between you and I and like we're out of like we get out of sync a little bit too and we need space to maybe doubt certain things or put certain things on the table that the partner doesn't want put on the table Mm -hmm. or that the or maybe like a change in direction that the partner doesn't have right and so we're doing that on the individual level and that can be some of the most destabilizing aspects of it and speaking from my own experience is because our relationship is so solid Mm -hmm. like all those other things can be kind of crazy, but I'm used to having that solid, pretty solid foundation between you and I. Yeah. And what we've also noticed in the space of sabbatical is that we've had to explore how, and it's hard. It's like when you start bringing that up in a relationship, because it can be kind of destabilizing, but you've had where you're at, you're, you're asking questions about where you want to go. And some of those seem to have diverged from, what felt like at some point in the recent past was a, a shared vision of yeah. where we were going. 
And so we're having conversations around like, okay, is this actually a different destination that you want to go to? Or are you just talking about you want to do it a different way? Is this a different path? Mm-hmm. Like, is this is is this what that was? Or is this something different? How are our roles going to be different? Are, like, is the strategy we were taking still going to work? Is the lifestyle we're living still appropriate? Like, all of the, it gets really messy. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm grateful for this time because I think we both had the sense that we were getting a little out of sync. And my first, you know, especially when we have a lot to do, and I think sometimes we have a lot to do because mm-hmm. we don't want to, there's times where it's not appropriate to look at that stuff, right? Like there's just too much going on. We can't open a can of worms when we're trying to actually do things in the world and we're kind of locked in, mm-hmm. right? But I think we can make that a perpetual situation oftentimes and it can either um, distract us from ever looking at it or be kind of kind of use it as a way not to to look at the yeah. relationship right yeah. and if we do that too long things are things are going go, like we're going to notice the symptoms of that there's going to be more there's going to be all sorts of things less less trust less faith more discordance more more like kind of battles more anxiety like there's going to be ways it bubbles up it'll probably be different for every relationship mm-hmm. but if we're not on the same page it's hard to act congruently and it's also hard to support each other because now we're starting to feel like our agendas are different like yeah. the personal me gets involved right and yeah. so i think one of the hard things and but one of the gifts of this time is that it's also given us time to slow down and be like hey wait what's going on are we on the same page yeah. what do we want what do you want and and we've had some pretty difficult conversations I was a, we've the kind of format we've done for those has been walking out in the woods yeah, and kind of helping each other explore where we're at and get a sense of that and basically see, okay, how do we, how can we sync up? Yeah. How can we kind of, what needs to change? Do things need to change? I think even for us, that's hard. That's hard to do. Yeah. And it's, it's scary. And it's also, it's also really important that we have times where we we slow down and focus on the foundations of the relationship because I mean I've seen with us it's like so much has been built off of that that we can't forget we don't want to neglect that yeah yeah I mean I think I I think that was in my wedding vows that like I was I would always prioritize the health of the relationship because everything else that we do is like built around it and every like everything that we create is generated from the the foundation of our relationship i think that i think as as i was describing earlier in the episode I, i'm i'm i've had that change of heart that you so beautifully described for you in you know 2014 and it's uh it's very disorienting and i think it takes a while for it to even compute that this is what happened. Like this is the, what my experience has been that it took a while to even compute what was going you on. You keep trying the old strategies and, and you just realize like, they don't work it's anymore. It's so off. Yeah. It's like, dude, what the fuck is going on? Like it's not working like it used to. So it's first disorienting. And then I think it's disorient. It's disorienting because you don't know what's going on. And then when you quote, do know what's going on or have identified some of the things, it's still disorienting. It's like, well, who am I? Well, then it's also really scary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been, and so it's like, it's been really scary. 
at my on the level of like just me personally but then it's it's been it's been very scary to to try to bring it up to you especially when so much no let me rephrase that especially when everything that we do work wise is us too so much i think so much of it yeah. so much of it it's not everything you're right I'm, i like being dramatic It's so easy. I I've, I feel like if we, if each of us um, listening were to reflect on our lives, we probably could notice times where in a relationship, we we didn't have those conversations and maybe not consciously, but unconsciously, we're just trying to force a certain, mm. a certain way, right? Mm -hmm. That maybe worked for one person more than the other. And there was like some... I'm, I'm not conscious, but maybe like tacit kind of agreement or assumption that that's going to be the way we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. And when I started to notice that in you, I've had enough experiences where I've been on both sides of it, where it's like, oh, fuck, if we keep pushing that, this rupture can get really big. Yeah. Like it can and it can become I mean, ultimately, if you keep pushing that, I think it becomes relationship threatening. Yeah. It's foundational. So, like, if we ignore, and who knows, it could be a year, it could be 10 years or whatever, but it's not, it's, it's not a good strategy to ignore that. Mm -hmm. It's also scary to face that because also it's like, well, it just, it feels, it complicates things. And, and maybe it probably means like things aren't going to happen exactly the way I was think, thinking they were going to happen or I wanted them to happen or whatever. Yeah. Right. Like, it requires some, flexibility but i think that's uh something to look to notice when it when it's happening because i've definitely that's definitely ended relationships for me in the past when that's gone unnoticed for too long yeah yeah well i think what's been particularly hard in this case is that for me speaking up about things that were different in the past in other relationship has led to the relationship ending so there was a there was a really big core fear of like Can I say something? Is this going to be threatening? Is this... And like what you said, you know, it's like at the end of the day, I think it's it's opened up really important areas of conversations between the two of us and with myself that I was not allowing myself to have, which can feel very trappy. If in my own consciousness, I'm not even allowing myself to have this conversation with me of like, you know, the direction of my life. What am I doing? Where am I going? All the, All those big life things. But what's interesting, what's what's what I've noticed is that our our relationship feels while those areas feel scary still like they're not no, they're not resolved or figured out. But I feel closer to you. I feel a, I feel more of a sense of uh, partnership and I feel like despite the difficulties that it might bring up, they were really trying to let each other blossom instead of I think that I think that we've I think where I'm coming where I'm coming to is like we've had so much so much has been us two doing together and so there's been such a merging and I've really gone all in for that like the merging with you is like that yeah that's safety I'm, if I do that then I'm then I'm safe and then I can kind of hide behind you and I don't have to stand on my own two feet and do my own thing and everything. But 
I think that I've gotten to a point right now where I just I need to unmerge a little bit and to like remember like who what is it that I like? What is it that I want to do? Like and I'm finding it really hard. Like I don't really remember. And uh and it's and I'm not even I just want to be very clear when I'm saying that that I I don't think that this is something you did or you know, like I think that it can be read like that and I'm really trying not to, but just realizing the, yeah, and it's like it's a very slow process and it's very tender and it also feels important. And I've I've been feeling your support on that and I feel like genuine support, not just like, sure, you do whatever you want, like actual like recognizing the ways that it's also scary for you, but willingness to continue to engage with the conversation. It so. feels like we're, when... We have to uh, reckon with this for ourselves and and then and maybe admit it to ourselves and then maybe bring it up into a valued relationship. It's I, I think one of the reasons why if the relationship's going to come out stronger, if we're going to build more trust is because I don't, I don't know how to avoid the fact that it's going to threaten the relationship as it is. It absolutely is going to do that. Yeah. And I don't think it's a it's definitely not a guarantee depending on what that revelation is for the person that a relationship can survive it. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's, it's definitely tricky business. It's all like, I have this, I don't know how great an analogy this is, but I'm thinking of like a, a business that has a certain product in a field, maybe it's a technology field or something. And it's like, kind of like, it's the lead. It's like the, the top business for that particular product. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, and, and the businesses R and D, uh, department discovers a new product that's going to make that other one obsolete, mm. but they're the only ones that have discovered it so far. Yeah. And then the business has a choice to make. Are we going to like go into this risky new venture that potentially is going to upset our like cash cow, yeah. like our business model, what we built this whole business around? Are we going to basically reinvent ourselves and yeah. like go into the unknown or are we going to push that down and pretend it doesn't exist and just keep this going because like it's it's working and we know it right and what happens if you if you do that well like that's in the collective it's going to get discovered somewhere else as well and then you're just not going to be prepared when mm. it does arrive and i think there's some similarities in No that's a, that's an interesting that's an interesting one that's an interesting avenue I think just as you're describing this, it's like I'm I'm reminded of the process of transformation is really hard to go through on an individual basis. But then when you're in a committed partnership and and conscious marriage and like all all the ways that we've committed ourselves to each other, that we've committed to it's each like other. There's the individual, there's the relationship, there's the businesses that there's are, like, it's there's, like everything it, it, kind of ripples yeah. out. And and I think that the 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 stance that I take is like I I there's no going on pretending. And I remember telling you, I have a vivid memory of this. I remember telling you Earlier in the year, when your rash was like full on rash vibes, like it was like in the thick of it, like you hadn't even found your nutritionist that you're working with, like it was early, early. And I just remember telling you, like, I know that you can't see it right now, but I can feel that your rash is just going to 
propel us into a, a, a direction that's going to feel very different, but that's actually going to work even better. And it's like a similar kind of experience. It, it's like those it, those things that we have to let die to make room for the new. And it's really hard to let die to let things die on a per, at a personal level when they feel. I feel like I'm I'm working particularly with like identity crisis. Yeah. Like where I'm at right now is like there's a bit of an identity crisis, and it it becomes even at the same time easier to go through when you have a partner that's. Fucking awesome, like Alistair. But hey, and it's also really hard to go through when you have a partner that's fucking awesome, like Alistair, because then it's like, oh man, like there's so many layers of I don't want to look at this change inside of me because then I'm gonna have to bring it to you, and I don't even know if it's really that big a deal. I'm I'm not even sure if maybe in three months everything will feel resolved, and I'll go back to an updated version that feels different inside but it actually looks like everything i've been doing so far but this you know? is this is why we this is why we practice like and i'm talking about spiritual practices but this is also why we why we always make time for communication and why i think we've honed our own ability to communicate with each other to such a level is like for these moments where it can be very turbulent and the amount of communication I think we do a pretty good job about being able to have these hard conversations and then not trying to extrapolate mm. how that's going to ripple out through the future and through all areas of our life all the time. Like we're able to kind of insulate them and just allow them to be and 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 give them time to kind of happen because I recognize that when you're stating things, we don't know. We don't know if this is a part of you. Yeah. We don't know if this is or exactly how you're feeling. We don't know if this is a reaction to something else. Like we're trying, like I feel like when a marriage is working well, this can be one of the benefits of it. Is that together we we can kind of hold these things for each other and allow them to unfold and tease apart what's what's authentic, what's sincere, and maybe what what's what's not or what's or what's temporary in them, right? But that takes a lot of care. It takes a lot of love, and it takes a lot of fucking trust to do that. And it's not it's not easy like on, on the partner's side like I think there's a lot of times where we're going to fall short of that ideal as mm -hmm. well I know for sure that there have been many times but I think so far we've been able to to kind of hold whatever this is and look at it from different angles and tease apart different parts and just kind of allow it to unfold as it wants and I something you said is true it's like I like what you said about the rash is like this rash is going to propel us into a, a different place. And, and if we're being optimistic, maybe it's a better place, right? Like, and I think that's, that, that sounds like faith to me yeah. in that. And that was back when there was still a lot of faith. In life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, and sometimes the, sometimes when, when, when we're lacking it, the partner can hold it for yeah. us. Sometimes it's easier to have faith in other people than ourselves it's scary though. I, I don't know that to be true, but, but like, that's probably at least I could probably say this is like, it's probably going to propel us listening to that and working through that is probably going to propel us as a relationship somewhere better because mm. we're, we're listening, like it's going to be more authentic, mm. right? Like we're, we're shedding some patterns and shedding some be behaviors that are, that are probably not serving me just as much as they're not serving you. Right. Yeah. Like, and also we don't know, what that is we're going to just kind of have to follow that blindly 
to to a degree. Yeah. And that's challenging. I think we have the advantage that we've really tried been trying to do that in our relationship and those situations come up and it almost feels like they get bigger every time yeah. uh, as a result, which is not the most fun feeling, but <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like um you know, this is something we can practice so that when these things come up, you know, we're ready for them. It's not something that we just one and done, yeah. you know, I, I feel like that. Yeah. I think, I think that kind of to wrap up on this, I'm a month into this sabbatical. I feel it's like feeling that first, you know, patch of, of sun that is actually warm enough that it, it, thaws some of the snow and you can begin to see the grass it's uh i can feel i can kind of like internal third eye felt sense of a way out of of what has felt like a pretty dark place or a way through yeah a way through but it's so it's it's like glimpses it's like very elusive and i feel a deep It's almost like a, a wisdom that is not mine on on some level. There's like a body wisdom that's just like whenever those glimpses show up, I can notice the way my mind is like trying to grab onto them and like act on them. It's like, you know, just like, oh, you know, it would be nice to do this. And then I just like, mm, I want to I want to execute and like, let's plan because in January I'm going to come out of this and blah, blah, blah. And, And realizing, and then my body in its infinite wisdom just tells me like, no, absolutely not. Like at, at best, write it down on a list of things you can revisit when you're doing okay. Like you're not at a place to act it on anything. Me, it gives me the image of like soil, right? Like for things to grow in soil, the soil needs to, to be nutrient dense. Mm -hmm. And if you keep growing the same things in soil over and over again, Sooner or later, you're going to deplete that soil, right? Yeah. Things are just not going to grow very well. Yeah. And you you have to kind of focus on repleting the soil, like bringing the nutrients back to the soil before anything's going to grow there again. Yeah. That's uh, why I've been eating a lot of cheese. <laughs> been waiting for that. This this is like, this, this is why I've been working towards dairy again, I, I, man. I love it. Um, <laughs> the last thing I'll say is because it's, you know, when we're, when we're, Participating in these kind of changes and and act creatively waiting or we're, when we're in this process and, you know, everything's kind of up for grabs and, and uncertain and we're not sh which, sh very sure which way the wind's going to blow. And there can be something exciting about that, too. I think there's a there's a pot, there's a invitation there that can be very enlivening. Right. Like we can just be in the moment mm -hmm. and, and kind of. And that it can be a call, like it can be an, uh, a reminder back mm -hmm. to to this moment and to where we are. And also, I, I tend, it's hard when everything's in jeopardy or feels like everything's in jeopardy, not to just um, be overwhelmed or intimidated by what might be lost. Because it's so hard, because what might be gained is so commonly beyond my ability to imagine that's part of the reason i'm in this situation mm -hmm. right like it's a it's a, also a limit of imagination and I, i can't really get myself out of that box i i have to just kind of walk through the door or the threshold yeah 
into a bigger a bigger situation. Hopefully not a bigger box, but probably is. <laughs> it probably <laughs> is. Where else do you want to go? Yeah. So, but but it to me it, that's just that that's it's such it's a reminder I have to come back to is is like Alistair. There's things beyond what you can y- what you can imagine. Yeah. Your life is too big for you. Like what is it? Your plans are too small for you to live. Yeah. Is another way to say it. That's David White's yeah. poetic way, which I really love. Your plans are too small for you to live. And I think that's another way of getting at it. And thank you for listening. Thank you. I'd like to end here uh, with a poem. Please. This poem is called uh, Clearing, and it's by Martha Postlethwaite. And I'm pretty sure I ruined her last name. <laughs> Here it is, Clearing by Martha. Do not try to save the whole world or do anything grandiose. Instead, create a clearing in the dense forest of your life and wait there patiently until the song that is your life falls into your own cupped hands and you recognize and greet it. Only then will you know how to give yourself to this world so worth of rescue. I really like poetry when it's read to me. Mm. I like it more than reading it. Yeah. Let's keep creating that clearing. Yeah. And I don't want to tell you how to support the podcast this week. You know how to do it. I love you all. Toodles. Toodles. Toodles.